Welcome to the Money GPS. You came here for the truth, so let me unveil that for you. We need to look at not what the individuals say, but what they do. We need to follow the money. You've heard that before. That's exactly what we will do today. The first thing I want to share is what Goldman Sachs has done. This is really key to understand. The second thing is the ECB goes for it. What did they go for? I'll show you that. And the third thing is demand destruction. How do you get inflation to actually go away? Well, there's a few ways to do that. But most importantly, if you destroy demand, you can stamp that down. I've got all of that and more. Let's begin right here, taking a look at Goldman Sachs's latest financial overview. It's a whole bunch of gibberish. It's a whole bunch of nonsense. But it's there if you want to read it. But this is what most analysts would do. Oh, uh, net revenue, uh, uh, pre-tax earnings. Okay, and then and then they write reports about it, and then it gets put on the Bloomberg and the Reuters. Oh, this is fantastic. This is nothing but nonsense. I want to know what they're doing. I don't care about all of this. Why? Because if you have read the book, and there are many like it, but there are books like Infectious Greed by Frank Partnoy. There's a link in the description under my favorite books. People keep asking me about this book and many others. It talks about the fact that they can make their books look like anything. If they want to show a $1 profit, they can do that. If they want to show a billion dollar profit, they can do that. It's all accounting, okay? These big companies do that. But what's real key? What's real important to understand? Well, this is the update. I keep doing this every quarter. You could see right here, this is Goldman Sachs updating you or updating others on what they're doing with their uh, asset management. And quarter after quarter after quarter, they're selling stocks. That's it. So this is just showing a second quarter 2021, what's been happening. They added a small amount, 1.5 billion. They sold off 5.5 billion. Look at this. Third quarter 2021. They added 5 billion, they sold 16 billion. When we have the end of 2021, they're just showing us added 6 billion, sold 18 billion. Do you see a pattern here? What about now? The first quarter of 2022, adding 7 billion, selling 19 billion dollars throughout the period, okay? At the same time, you watch that these stocks do go up. So it's not as if their balance sheet just goes down to nothing. No, their stocks are going up. They're trimming off the top. They're trimming off the top constantly. They want to be holding less overall. Now, this is one company that, first of all, it's just one company, but it's one company that is completely and entirely intertwined with most governments around the world. If you look at it, it's strange how, how intertwined it is, particularly in the United States. Um all throughout the years, in fact, uh, just take it, you know, through decades, it, it's been like this. So we're looking at Goldman Sachs being one of those companies, and they are selling off their stocks. That's the message for this, okay? It is so important to watch their actions, to follow the money, and it is very clear that they want to be holding on to less stocks. They um, overall have kept, you know, it's $18 billion at the end of this, and while it's well within that range of what they were at before, Remember the amount of dispositions that they're doing. So they're taking profits. They're not just letting it build up. That, my friends, should be a warning sign to everybody. What do they know, right? All right, now let's take a look at what's going on in Europe. I think everybody should be aware of this, even if you're not in Europe. ECB officials converging on quarter point hike in the third quarter. 
Yes, that's right. This would actually be a significant jump because you know they do things on a smaller scale, 0.1% and all this. When you look at a quarter point, 0.25%, it would be a jump. Now, all the other central banks are doing this. New Zealand done it. Uh, Canada has done it. Uh, the 50 basis points. So it would make sense for the ECB to do what they consider to be a little bit more significant. This is not going to stop inflation, of course, but hey, why not? Let's just have some fun with it. ECB on track to unwind stimulus after inflation warning, but at the same time, the Lagarde says, uh, you know, uh, we'll do anything it takes to make sure that we uh, reach our goals. Part of their goals, of course, is inflation. It's not a target on their interest rates. Remember that. If we go with what they're saying, they're going after the inflation rate. And how do you do that? Well, they're going to manipulate a bunch of different things and make it this way. And so that will, of course, be seen in the coming months. Are they going to have to increase even faster than they anticipated? Well, we'll see what happens with demand destruction. That is real key. Inflation has increased significantly and will remain high over the coming months, mainly because of the sharp rise in energy costs. That is, of course, impacting everybody every time you go to the pump, but not even if you don't. You say, hey, I'll just ride my bike. Hey, I'll just walk. Hey, I'll take the subway. It all depends on you, the individual, and what you purchase. If you order, you know, or let's say you went to the store, you bought a banana. That banana, it required some sort of energy to get it to you. Okay, All of that energy has become more expensive. Think about that. Okay, everything along the line. And of course, if the workers that are working in the place that you bought it or where it had to come from, they are getting paid more money now. What does that do to the prices overall? Soaring prices, you can see this right here. Core inflation, even core inflation, which we know in the US as well, is completely manipulated. But uh, that's at 3% as well, has risen considerably. And then you look at the euro area headline inflation to 7.5%, uh, it looks like. So this is significant any way you slice it. This right now tells me that what we're looking at between Europe and Russia is still continuing and, and probably will for the foreseeable future. Payment for Russian gas in rubles by European Union buyers as demanded by Putin, would break the EU's sanction regime against Moscow. So think about that, because Putin's saying, hey, you locked us out of your system. You, you prevented us from getting on. We are you know, facing these sanctions. We've got the cash. We've got the money. But we need to pay you to pay us in the rubles. So we'll see what happens. And then we move on to this. I think it is important to look at what's happening with demand destruction. This is going to affect anyone and everyone. Retail sales slow in March as record high gas prices, surging inflation, trim spending. If people got to pay more, I've said this a thousand times, it doesn't get genius to figure this out, but if people have to pay more for their gas, for their food, for their shelter, they're not going to have enough money to spend elsewhere. This affects the bottom 50%, but it also affects even the bottom 90%, at least the bottom 80% to a great degree. Those in the 1% and higher will probably not be affected by this negatively. They'll probably be affected by it uh, positively. Um, but you go up the ladder and you see that those, you know, the, the billionaire and, and above class, those individuals will definitely be able to benefit from this. Those who own large amounts of real estate will probably benefit long-term. Uh, those who have real assets ultimately will be able to see 
the benefit of an inflation unless we get into a hyperinflation and then, you know, that's kind of, uh, let's just say it gets messy. When we get into these hyperinflationary states, nobody likes that, okay? I, I know some people, they would love that and say, hey, if, you know, because I own this particular asset, if we go hyperinflation, I'm going to be rich, rich, rich. The chaos that it brings is not something we ever want to wish for, okay? So let's let's see what happens here. This is just showing us the retail food and ser uh, services sales yearly and monthly. These are down as well. Uh, retail industry could be taking a hit. It has been a couple months here, but I think that it is truly excessive from where it was prior. People are, you know, the stimulus is running out, all that cash is running out, and we can see that here. Real retail sales month over month has declined uh, here again. I want to know where this is going to be in the coming uh, months, of course, because then we could kind of see that trend. Right now, it's a little too early to tell, I believe, but we'll see. Also, part of that is this. This is the back-to-work barometer, and you're just looking at it. Maybe I could show you this one first. The slow return to the office. Two years of Castle back-to-work barometer. And, okay, it starts off at 100%, right? January 2020. And then we have this... You know, everybody is staying home across the country unless you are required personnel, this and that. And it's down to, I think it was, you know, let's say, yeah, right there, 14.6% at the bottom. And now it's been slowly climbing. Now, businesses, a lot of them are sort of back to normal. But, the you know, you go to the downtown core in any of these cities, you've got these big towers and they've got their financial companies, the insurance companies, all these different things. These companies here, they're... People are working at home. Their people are working, you know, who knows where. It could be at completely different places that isn't even their home. You know, staycations on a beautiful island somewhere. And what does that do for this real estate? Well, suddenly it becomes a lot less value because they're empty. So I think it's going to be a very big concern in the coming months. Right now, these companies are just kind of eating the costs some of them are are scraping out a lot of these um, buildings. They're saying we don't we don't need that floor. We don't need those three floors. We're just going to consolidate to one floor. This is happening actively and it's still going on. So I want to show you this, give you an update on it, and you could look at it by city. So this is just showing us, um, you know, Austin, Houston, Dallas, and so on. Right at the bottom of that, San Jose, and it's hard to tell specifically, but it looks like around thirty percent. Thirty percent. In San Jose, San Francisco, just above that, Chicago, New York, Philly, and beyond. Okay, and then we have these two things real quick: China lockdown spread beyond Shanghai to other cities. Didn't I say? Didn't I say that this? Hopefully, this stays right where it is and doesn't get any worse because it could start to go to other cities, and they're going to do a full lockdown again. This is not a good situation, especially as they. Talk about here the economic output. So 45 cities that account for roughly 40% of China's economic output had implemented either full or partial lockdowns as of Monday. This is big because it's not just China. What if you start to see this in Europe? What if you start to see this in Latin America? What if you see it in the United States and Canada and beyond? Okay, this is going to be something that will have that demand destruction. Maybe they're doing it. Hmm. Zip. Next, fastest rent growth. U.S. metros where rents have risen the most in the past two years. Miami, Florida on top of the list. 58% over two years. Insane. 
insane growth in Miami, Florida for many reasons here because you just have people that want to move to that location. Maybe it's considered to be a desirable location. At the same time, you've got businesses moving to Florida in general. Tampa, Florida is number three on there. You've got Orlando. You've got Jacksonville. A lot of the businesses are going there as well as a lot of the individuals. They're doing this and you can see where the demand is going and where it's leaving. Actually, they cover that here as well. Uh, look where the rents are not growing up. You can see Buffalo on the top of the list, San Jose, San Francisco, and so on. So the, the rents were the areas where it was either uh, very expensive to begin with, like San Jose and San Francisco, those didn't really get a chance to go up higher, but also places that are maybe considered to be less desirable. I don't know, you tell me. That's all for this one. I think what we can see here is that we are at an inflection point. Are we going to see inflation go in and picking up and really losing it for everybody in that bottom 80 or 90%? Or is the central bank activities going to have an impact and really push things down, maybe demand destruction at the same time, and we can cool things off? They have a nice and easy soft landing and everything's going to be all good. Rainbows, unicorns, and kittens. Or... Are we going to have a crisis? You tell me. Put it in the comments below. I'm interested to what you have to say. And of course, don't forget to hit that thumbs up button when you do. It is right down there, by the way. Don't forget, don't forget. When you do, you help to make a unicorn smile. I do want to thank you for doing that. This is the Unicorn GPS, the Broken Record GPS, and of course, the Kitten GPS. I'll see you on the next one. Take care.